0: Welcome to Peterson's Bowhunting Radio, the official podcast of hardcore bowhunters. From the latest archery equipment and expert shooting advice, to proven bowhunting tactics, and the sport's biggest personalities, we've got you covered. Now, here's your host, Editor Christian Bird. All right, welcome back to Peterson's Bowhunting Radio. We are the voice of bowhunting, and as always, we're thrilled that you've taken another hour out of your coronavirus quarantine to be with us today and talk about something that has nothing to do with getting sick, canceling events or anything like that this is the place today right here right now to talk saddle hunting which is one of the absolute hottest segments in the bow hunting community and i've got a guest that is probably one of the best people you could talk to when it comes to saddle hunting today and that is mr greg godfrey one of the uh, co-owners of tethered uh well-known saddle manufacturer greg welcome
1: to peterson's bow hunting radio christian thanks for having me on the uh coronavirus quarantine i like it that is we need a rescue from that it seems like everything (laughs) everywhere news outlets social media that's all they can talk about and quite frankly i'd much rather talk about bow hunting Well,
0: I would, too. And, you know, uh, I'm assuming that you've got half of your garage stacked up with toilet paper and the other half is stocked up with face masks or whatever. And what you're not selling on the black market to fund the further innovation in in saddle hunting you're using for personal use and sharing with your neighbors or whatever. So,
1: Yeah, (laughs) of course.
0: In all seriousness, man, it is crazy, crazy times that we live in. And I know that you and I and probably a lot of people who are listening, you know, we we both have some travel plans for this year. And, and I'm sure most of the folks who are listening and it's like everyone's just scratching their heads right now because there's a lot of uncertainty out there. And anytime you have uncertainty, as I was telling my my 14 year old son last night, because he was kind of worked up about it and some things that kids at school were talking about and they're wondering if if school's going to be you know, shut down for a while or something. And I'm like, hey, whenever you have uncertainty, you have fear and you're seeing a lot of that fear in, in the world right now.
1: Yep. You're hundred percent right. I mean, I think fear is the driver of all this. And we could probably talk for hours just on this about how it affects our communities and our nation. And I mean, we're seeing it affect the economy in a big way. So it's all a little scary from a, um, you know, for me, not necessarily I'm not too terribly worried about the health concerns, but just, you know, how is it gonna affect our daily lives in the in the months ahead? Because I think we're just seeing the surface of it. But anyway, that's probably a conversation for a different podcast.
0: Well, it is, but I think it's a good Segue because, you know, there's a lot of certainty out there, uncertainty uh, out there in regards to the coronavirus. But one thing that there is no uncertainty about is the advantages of hunting from a tree saddle. And, you know, in today's world, uh, we're so connected, right, with social media and hunters all over the country are communicating with one another all the time. And everybody's always looking for an edge when it comes to hunting and how we can be more successful as bow hunters. And toward that end, you're seeing just a massive number of people gravitate towards saddle hunting over the last handful of years probably like the last two three years it's just been absolutely exploding and it's kind of funny in a way because saddle hunting although it's still relatively unknown I think amongst you know the the whole hunting community at large it's really not anything new is it Greg?
1: It's not anything new at all. It's been around since the 70s. There have been a handful of companies – well, I mean I say the 70s. It's been commercially around since the 70s. I mean before that, I guarantee you, hunters were tying themselves up in trees and finding a way to more efficiently ambush game. So it's not a new concept. It's not a new commercial uh, activity. It's been around for a while, which it just so happens that there's been this rebirth in it as – in the last couple of years because you know companies like Ted have kind of taken the taken the ball and run with it and then behind the scenes there's this giant community of well I say giant there is a niche community of very dedicated hunters that's probably a better description of it that have been pushing the uh, you know industry if you want to call it that the saddle hunting industry forward and uh, it's really exciting to see a lot of new people giving it a second thought for some, and then a lot of new people that had never heard about it seeing it and and giving it a test. We've, we've been kind of touring around the country, um, and it's awesome to see a hunter. It, 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 I can almost pick him out at a trade show. He stands 10 feet away from the booth with his arms crossed and a sour look on his face, he watches the motion in the booth. He watches the guys and the gals testing the saddles and swinging around and drawing a bow and testing it out. And eventually his face starts to soften. He moves a little closer. He uncrosses his arms. He starts listening a little more intently. And then he finally asks a question. You know, it's usually something like that can't be comfortable or what do I do with my feet? and then it's it's a really simple process from there all i have to say is well hey man just try it and then he tries it and he realizes that all of the concerns that he had while valid concerns when you actually put your butt in a saddle and try it it's really not a big deal most of those concerns go out the window within the first 30 seconds of sitting in the thing and it's pretty neat process to watch and now i've gotten to watch it you know hundreds and hundreds of times and it's pretty cool yeah,
0: it really is. And, you know, for myself, uh, even though, right, I've been bow hunting for like 20 some years and I've been the editor at Peterson's Hunting. it'll be 12 years here this fall. I, I've still never saddle hunted and I'm looking forward to doing that this year. Now, last year, we did a big article in our June issue in 2019, and that's when I really, so a little bit had been going back about a year ago now, Greg, when we were working on that piece, which we published uh in 2019 where i learned about saddle hunting for the first time and again addressing a lot of these questions and concerns that people have and then fast forward to just this past january you guys were set up right across from us at the archery trade show. And as you said, you know, you guys do a lot of of shows around the country, and you've got an opportunity there for people. And I was able to get into one of your saddles and be, you know, up in the, the, quote, tree, which is basically a like a utility pole that you guys have set up there at your booth and to actually hold a bow, to be able to be in the saddle, use the platform to pivot and move my body into various positions to see how you can effectively, you know, shoot uh, pretty much 360 around the tree, to feel how comfortable the equipment is, to feel how, how safe and secure you're able to feel in the tree. And these are all things, as you said, you know, you can kind of tell people, or you can give someone an article to read or a video to watch. That's another thing you talked about, how passionate people are. There's so much content available on YouTube and other places throughout uh, the Internet for people to learn and see people using this. But until you get into it for yourself, right? that's when your eyes are, are truly opened and you see that reaction that you talked about.
1: Absolutely. You you're hit the nail on the head. It happens all the time. And and I remember you coming over to the booth at, at the ATA and sitting in it. And I would imagine you probably had a similar experience to that where I'm sure you had a lot of questions. Oh, this – am I going to lose accuracy out of my bow? What do I do with my feet? And And then when you were able to sit in it – and obviously, you're not a pro at that point. There's still some learning to do, but – at least most people, when they get to sit in it for the first time, they go, okay, well, I can see how this would definitely be a benefit in certain hunting scenarios. And then some people, they go all in like me, you know, I haven't really hunted from a tree stand in the past decade because I've kind of gone all in since I discovered the method, you know, a decade ago. But there, there's also, you don't have to be like that. Uh, A lot of times I like to explain it as You know, a golfer carries more than one club and there is a right tool for the right situation. And oftentimes the saddle can be a great tool in certain situations, just like a ladder stand or a box blind can be a great tool in other scenarios. So it's all about making hunters more efficient and and better at their craft. And, you know, I, I feel like we've accomplished something as far as the saddle hunting community has accomplished something with letting people, hunters in general, know more about the system.
0: Yeah, and I think it's a good point that you made, is that being pro-saddle does not necessarily mean you're anti-tree stand or anti-anything else. And there's a lot of tools in the toolbox, and we're actually going to be running another saddle piece in this year's June issue, which we're working on right now. It'll be out in May. And we were talking about that a little bit, and the author uh, of of the story that we've got this year is a guy named Andy May, who happens to be a tethered saddle user, and he talked just about how uh, he had a little sidebar in there uh, called, Is Saddle Hunting For You?, and addressing some of the same things that you just brought up, where he's basically saying, you know, if you give this a try then I really think you're going to find some value in it and some use for it because, you know, to me, a saddle is just too good of, you know, a tool not to have in your toolbox as a deer hunter. So just like no mechanic, right, would be without a good ratchet set. Uh, in, in his toolbox, he, a, a really complete deer hunter is going to want to have that saddle, even if there are other ways that, that you hunt from time to time. So I thought that was a great point. Why don't we transition now into just I don't think we need to talk about tree stand hunting too much because I think pretty much everyone who's listening has hunted out of a tree stand and is familiar with tree stand hunting. So why don't you take it from there and say, okay, everyone kind of knows what it's like hunting from a tree stand. Now you give me and the listeners your perspective on, okay, how does that compare to a saddle and what are some of the things that you're doing with your saddle setup that might not be feasible with a tree stand?
1: Yeah, that's a that's a great question. And one of the things I like to say when I'm talking about this is there's generally three areas uh, that I see as a big advantage over tree stand hunting. First of all, it's uh, weight and bulk. Uh, a saddle hunting setup can generally save you, you know, 15 to 20 pounds depending on what system you're using. Another one is versatility in the tree. And uh, with the saddle system, you are able to shoot 360 degrees around the tree with with no dead zones whereas in a traditional tree stand whether it be a ladder stand or a lock-on stand or whatever kind of tree stand, generally you can't shoot behind you because the tree is in the way, it's blocking that shot. Well, you don't have any of those dead zones with the saddle, so it's more versatile and then the third piece that i always like to talk about is safety with a traditional tree stand you have the option of wearing a safety harness you can make a bad choice if you want and a lot of times uh i've i've heard this the story many times and i i give this scenario a lot is the the hunter that's He's been waiting on this hunt. It's mid-November. He's in the – he's at the parking lot before daylight. He walks halfway to his tree setup. He's, you know, half a mile from the truck, and he realizes he forgot his safety harness. And to go back and get it is going to mean he's coming back after daylight and possibly spooking game or whatever. And, you know, maybe he makes the decision, you know, he thinks in his head, well – you know, just this once I'll do it. I'll be safe just this once. I'll pay extra careful attention to climbing in and out and I'll be okay just this once. Well, and that's when he's going to have an accident. conversely compared to a saddle hunting setup, if you forget your saddle at the truck, well, you're hunting from the ground because, uh, your safety harness and is all built into it. So it's, it's not really, uh, it's not really a safety harness you know quote unquote the saddle hunting setup but you are connected to the tree the entire time and when you use it properly you can't fall so uh those are really the the big things it saves you a lot of weight and bulk there's just no denying that fact It is a lot more versatile in the tree. Not only can you shoot 360 degrees, but you can use the tree as the ultimate camouflage and hide behind the tree. And then in my opinion, it's a safer way to hunt. Uh, Those are kind of the three main things that I like to bring up. There are a lot of other advantages and stuff about it, but, you know, in, in a nutshell at a high level, that's what I like to bring up.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I guess we can kind of take this whole conversation from an organizational standpoint, say from the truck to the, to the shot. And I think that'll work out well because that way we can start with something you just mentioned, which is weight. Obviously, in in today's bow hunting world, uh, there's quite a bit of interest in Uh, backcountry bow hunting, uh, in exploring, you know, deeper uh, into pieces of public land, or even just if you're hunting private ground of having that option to maybe, you know, you've got some tree stands set where are sort of your go-to spots, but there are different times of the season or perhaps some different wind directions or weather conditions that come along over the course of the season where you want to have some additional places where you can hunt and so a tree saddle allows you not only to get into those areas carrying a lot less weight but it also then um, kind of minimizes the amount of setup time that you have involved and it increases the fact that you can use pretty much just about any tree to hunt and it's funny when you mention weight I'll let you give me some specifics on like the weight of a a typical saddle setup or your personal setup but I do think it's kind of funny you guys have gotten pretty notorious for being obsessed with weight in the saddle hunting community and there's actually some pretty funny memes that make funny you guys on social media I'm sure you've seen a bunch of them just about how like you know it's kind of become the stereotype of the saddle hunter hasn't it like you know oh I, I reduced you know my saddle hunting setup to like half an ounce and another guy's like no no mine only weighs a third of an ounce now and you know I can go 12 miles (laughs) you know you can only go 10 but it literally is uh there's in, in any like stereotype, right? There's always some little kernel of truth that that it grows from, and the kernel of truth in, in saddle hunting is it really is a lot less uh, weight and bulk than a traditional like hang on standing cl- and 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 ladder sticks,
1: you know. It is, and I actually made a video poking fun at this at saddle hunting community, and I promise you, I am the most. I am the biggest offender there is when it comes to cutting, cutting weight and bulk. I, some of that inspiration comes from my time out, um, backpacking in Colorado. And I got, this would be back like 2009, 2010 timeframe 11. And, uh, I got bit by the, the ultralight backpacking craze. And I was, I was cutting weight everywhere I could trying to hike up the mountain with Toothpicks and dental floss, and that was it. And and that kind of mentality transferred over when I started building my own saddle hunting setups, uh, you know, in my garage. And that that's kind of where it came from. And so guilty as charged, I am a self professed gram weenie. I like it to be as light and as efficient as possible because, in my opinion, the the more weight you have on your back and the bulkier. Your system is the that is a big friction point to going where the deer might be. And now, if that deer is way back in the woods, you got to crawl through nasty stuff, you got to cross water. Having a lot of weight and bulk on your back is just going to make it harder on the hunter. So, anytime I can cut weight and bulk and add efficiency into the system, that's what I'm going to do. But yeah, it, it absolutely is a There's just no denying that it's a lighter and a less bulky way to hunt. If you just look at your average tree stand, you're going to be somewhere in the 15-ish pounds. You know, there are obviously lighter weight options out there, but I'm just talking as a general rule, if you're talking about a hang-on tree stand where you climb the tree and and connect it to the tree, that's going to be about 15 pounds, where your average saddle system including your ropes. And if you'd go with a platform, there's lots of ways you can do it out, but you're going to be talking probably around that five pound mark all in. So you're talking, you know, 60% reduction in weight, 10 pounds off your back. So it matters. And uh, a lot of hunters are finding the benefits in that and, and realizing that it's, that it really makes them more efficient.
0: Yeah. And another thing about saddle hunting, and I know this again, you know, not from a great depth of personal experience, but from uh, being educated on this, talking to a lot of saddle hunters, your setup time when you get to the tree is a lot shorter because you're typically putting that saddle right on when you get out of the truck. And so you're walking into your area with your saddle on already. And then when you get to the tree, it's just a matter of Uh, you know, if you don't have that tree preset with some method of climbing, you know, you may be using some some sticks or uh, some other method, you know, to get up the tree. And then, you know, once you're up to the height that you want, you're just attaching your platform, uh, basically swapping your 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 tree tether for your lineman's belt, and you're and you're ready to go. Why don't you talk a little bit about that whole process? Uh, just go over you know the basic equipment of what's involved in a saddle setup. So talk about the saddle itself and the other things that you're using. Uh, basically to go again, like we said, from, from the truck, you get out of the truck, you put your saddle on, what else have you got with you that goes along with that saddle? And then take me to one of your trees and, and talk about getting up to hunting height.
1: That's a great question. And, and like you said, I do put on the saddle right at the truck, right before the hunt. It, it comes with uh with a waist belt and leg straps, and you can cinch it down to where it just you wear it in like a belt. You don't even know it's there. I promise you, you take 15 steps away and you forget you're even wearing the thing. Um, But yeah, so you'll you'll go to to the tree, you've walked to the tree and now you're dealing with the situation where maybe you're carrying in climbing sticks or some other method to get up the tree because you still have to climb the tree, right? Which is no different than a, a hang on stand or something like that. So you're either climbing the tree with some sort of climbing method or you're walking into a tree that is, prepped already now I hunt uh, both public and private land here in southeast Georgia and on my private land spots what I like to do is I like to prep a whole bunch of trees with cheap ladders from from Walmart or with screw-in steps that's legal in in my area so I'll use screw-in steps or bolts that I drill into the tree and I have all of these trees prepped around uh, around the lease in places where I can hunt at you know, depending, like you said, like the bed to feed pattern that I'm keying in on, or if there's a particular wind that I'm trying to take advantage of, now I can set up a spot without having to purchase a tree stand that goes in there. The climbing method is generally very inexpensive i buy them on craigslist i buy them used i buy them at walmart for 30 40 bucks and I, now i have an inexpensive tree ready to climb and i can show up to the tree with nothing but my saddle my platform and a rope and it it literally takes you know with 30 seconds to climb the tree uh, about another 30 seconds to attach my platform and then i climb on and attach my tether and i'm i'm hunting so it's very very simple it's quiet it doesn't take uh, uh, it's, it doesn't take a lot of time, it don't make any noise. It's just a really big benefit and one of the one of the things that goes along with it is I didn't have to spend you know whatever a typical tree stand costs, you know insert that that value there. I didn't have to plug 10 or 15 of those around the, the property in order to get the same net effect of being able to hunt wherever I want at those on those prep trees. Conversely, if I'm hunting, In public land, I usually take a set of climbing sticks, I have four or five different pairs and I hunt with different ways. I use climbing aiders. I use straight sticks. I use uh, climbing spurs like a lineman or a utility pole worker would use. So there's lots of ways I climb, but probably the most common way for, for most people to hunt that way is with, with a set of climbing sticks. So I'll take my climbing sticks. Uh, as I climb, I'm using the saddle as my harness. It comes with built-in lineman loops and a lineman belt. So you can have that piece of safety as you, you know, you're connected to the tree as you're climbing. And then once you get up to hunting height, Uh, like you said, I attach my tether, I clip that into my saddle. So now I'm connected with two separate lines, you know, redundant safety there at height. I set my platform, which is super fast, super quiet. Uh, You can set it in like 30 seconds and then climb on, I'm connected. And then I pull my bow up and I'm, I'm hunting. So the process is actually pretty simple. It could, I could see where, where hunters might think that it, could be complicated without ever seeing it done or experiencing it but if you if you watch some resources on youtube or check out the uh some of the stuff that even you guys have done um with the climbing system that mike carney showed with climbing a a tree with aders and refer back to the article that you guys released last year it's it's really good and it demonstrates how you can do it pretty easily
0: yeah and to your point i think those of us who are you know, veteran hunters who have spent a lot of time in tree stands, uh, setting stands and removing stands. Everyone is pretty familiar with the use of alignments belt with our safety harnesses. And so in that regard, you know, it's really no different with the saddle. The saddle itself is different than a, a You know, tree stand safety harness but as far as climbing up and down using a lineman's belt it's really no different at all so you've got that lineman's belt around the tree and you're using that to uh, support your weight in conjunction with your saddle as you're ascending and as you're descending and as you said once you're at the spot on the tree where you want to hunt while that lineman's belt is still attached you're then taking your tree tether which basically is going up above your head Around the tree, and then the rope from that tether comes down and attaches to what's called the bridge on your saddle, right? And the bridge is the uh, basically it's a rope on the front of the saddle that you you hook your tether into, and then that supports your weight. And it gets it 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 comes down at such an angle that it's out of your way, so that you can shoot your bow. And once you're attached to your tether, then you can undo your lineman's belt from your loops and and store that during the, the time that you're hunting, right?
1: Yeah, you're right. And it can it can sound complicated when you're when you're hearing it and you're hearing a rope and a tether and a bridge and, and it can sound kind of complicated. But in reality, when you see it done, or when you do it yourself, it's actually very simple. One of the other things that I like to point out when you're at the top of that, when you're at the top of that climbing method, that standing on your last climbing stick, you know, with the saddle set up, all you've got to do is strap on this little tiny, you know, three pound platform that's very very easy to do uh, as compared to a tree stand we've all done it where you're hanging on with one arm you're pulling that thing up uh, and then you're trying to hook it around the tree it's a bear to work with Um, I hate doing it and it's a big benefit to not have to deal with those heavy bulky metal things that can make noise and um, draw unwanted attention to your position
0: yeah. And, you know, just to further explain, because this probably isn't obvious to everybody. So imagine a regular tree stand platform, which is, you know, a little it's considerably bigger than a saddle platform because it's designed for you to stand on and it's supporting all your weight and you're maneuvering, you know, on top of that platform in a tree stand, right, with both of your feet and you're facing away from the tree, right? And the stand usually has a seat that you can sit on and you lean back against the tree. In a a saddle setup, you're hanging facing the tree trunk, and that platform, which you can rest your feet on if you want to, is really there just to use as a a pivot point if you will because the bulk of your weight the whole time your saddle hunting is supported by the saddle you're almost kind of sitting in that saddle as you're hanging in the tree waiting for deer to show up and I know one thing we didn't talk about as well so if you can picture this right the hunters facing the tree trunk the his butt is in the saddle and that's where his weight is kind of being supported and most of you guys I imagine you do as well um, knee pads are kind of standard issue equipment right for saddle hunters because if you if you simply relax right you bend bend your knees and allow your weight to pull you in towards a tree trunk you can sit there with your knees against the tree and it's like you're literally just sitting there in your saddle and and you know guys say that that is super comfortable
1: and you'll hang that way for hours and uh, with it, no problems. Absolutely. It's incredibly comfortable. And uh, you you kind of described it perfectly. I'll alternate on a, let's say, you know, I'm hunting a half day. I'm, I go in in the morning in the dark and I'm sitting till, till lunchtime. Well, I'm going to change my position throughout the day, you know, every 30 minutes, every hour. I'm just going to switch my position. I'm going to do it very slowly. I'm not going to make big, ridiculous movements in the tree. I'm going to do it slowly. I'm going to straighten my knees and go into more leaning position. And you can imagine what it would be like if you just went into your kitchen and you kind of leaned up against the kitchen counter and kind of put your foot out in front of you just a little bit. So you're just at a bit of an angle back. That- That is a really good representation of how you're you're at when you're leaning in the saddle. Most of your weight is in that kitchen counter. You're not really feeling much pressure on your feet at all. You can lean against that kitchen counter for hours, and that's how I hunt most of the time in a tree saddle. I'm leaning it back into my saddle, and like you said, the the platform is just there as a positioning aid. I'm really only using it when it's time to make a shot. Uh, Conversely like you said, you bend your knees, you put those into the tree. I do wear knee pads. Uh, I see them as a absolute necessity. So I'll put my knees against the tree and I'll sit that way for 30 minutes, for 45 minutes, for an hour, whatever. And then if my knees start getting tender, I just straighten my legs slowly and stand back up. It's, you just kind of alter your position throughout the day and, and you can remain comfortable that way. And when you think about it, on a tree stand, you're doing the exact same thing. You're slouching down because your back starts to hurt. And then you straighten your back because your knees start to hurt. And then you flip the seat up and you stand up for a couple hours and you, and you survey the area that way. You're constantly making small incremental shifts in your position to remain comfortable. You're doing the exact same thing in a saddle. It's just just the method is just a little bit differently. So you can absolutely stay comfortable. Matter of fact, in 2019, when I was testing, uh, a, our, our prototype saddle, the very first hunt of the season, I mean, the very first one, I went to Montana on an elk hunt and I decided I wanted to try to shoot an elk on a water hole out of a saddle. And I went and I sat from daylight to dark in like the second week of September. Deer season wasn't even open yet. We're in here in Georgia. So my very first hunt of the year was an all day sit in a saddle and I was comfortable all day. Sure. I, I've moved my position, but I can absolutely sit all day long with no problem whatsoever.
0: Yeah. And so another thing here that is worth pointing out, I think that's a big difference. And it kind of leads us into then from the climbing To the hunting aspect and some of the advantages that are there is the fact that when you set up a tree stand you're generally setting that stand up in such a way that you want the stand hung on the same side of the tree as where you anticipate the deer to approach because obviously you need to do that in order to have a clear shot because if the deer are basically directly on the other side of the tree trunk from where you are, as you already mentioned earlier, that's your blind spot in a tree stand. There's always a piece of the pie directly on the other side of the tree. I'll say about like 40, 45 degrees or something like that, where it's a dead zone. You just can't shoot there, right? And in a saddle, it's the exact opposite because you're We already talked about how when you're hanging in your saddle, you're facing the tree trunk and you're actually generally setting up on the opposite side of where you expect the deer to approach and that gives you a pretty significant advantage in terms of concealment because now, uh, assuming the deer cooperate, which they certainly don't always do what we expect them to do, but uh, if you have a fairly established pattern of, of you know the deer in your hunting area and you've got a decent idea of, of what's going on, now you can use that tree to give you some additional cover and concealment as those animals are coming into bow range.
1: Absolutely. It's a major, major benefit that a lot of hunters, they recognize that right away. And so to kind of expand on your description, I like to tell people to think about it like a clock. Okay. So my butt is at six o'clock. The tree is at noon at at 12 o'clock. I'm going to set up the clock. I'm going to set up my spot to where I anticipate the deer to come from 12 o'clock. They're going to come from the opposite side of that tree. And I'm going to set up to where I think they're going to pass on my left side you know the 12 11 10 9 8 7 like you know they're the uh counterclockwise movement going that way. That's the way I like to set up because there is almost zero movement in that shot. If the deer reads the script, if he comes in from 12 o'clock and he walks to my six o'clock on the left hand side of the tree, I can shoot that deer without hardly moving at all, except to grab my bow and draw it back. It's very, very, very simple. Now, obviously half the time or more than half the time, the deer don't read the script, right? They come in from six o'clock or they come in from three o'clock or wherever they're going to come from but the beauty of a saddle system is you don't have those dead zones so in a traditional tree stand let's flip the clock right so uh your butt you're looking at six o'clock and the tree is at 12 o'clock because it's directly behind you so that i you know it's a depending on the size of the tree and how flexible you are the angle would be different for for pretty much everyone but from let's say what like 11 to 1 in a clock with the tree directly behind you at 12 o'clock, you can't really make that shot in a, in a tree stand. You lose that. That's that dead zone, whereas in a saddle, there's there's literally no dead zones. It might take you just a second to get the right position, but you don't have any of those dead zones. No matter where they come in on that clock, I can shoot that animal, and with a little bit of practice, you can do it really fluidly without a lot of big, big movements. You don't have to draw a lot of attention to yourself up in the tree.
0: Yeah, so let's keep on, you know, progressing with this line of uh, thought here and talk about the different shots that you take out of a tree stand. You know, when we did our our story last year, one of the things that we had as part of that, which I, I thought was really neat, especially if you're not familiar with saddle hunting, and hopefully you guys, you know, Felt the same way from an educational standpoint. Is these are some illustrations that we had done showing how uh, a saddle hunter takes various shots in various directions and angles out of the tree. And so I'm not going to cl- claim to remember all of them off the top of my head. I know that there's different terminology that you guys use to talk about the different shots you take. There's there's a weak side shot. There's a top shot. I think there might be one called a drop shot. I'm going to leave that to you. But why Talk me through the various opportunities that present themselves to the saddle hunter and how you guys refer to those shots and how you position yourselves to accurately make those shots.
1: Yep. And it's, uh, again, it's best to talk about it in reference to a clock. Um, It's just the easiest way to explain it. And those terms that you mentioned, good on you. You remembered them. Exactly. That's what it is. It's the strong side shot, the weak side shot, the top shot. And the drop shot, and those are the four shots that we reference. And there's nothing any there's nothing special about any of those shots. It's just kind of some terms that we came up with in order to help describe it to people when they so they can visualize it. And the the strong side shot, I'll just kind of go through them and talk about it in reference to a clock. So the strong yeah, side before, shot. And
0: before before you get started, I'm just going to make a disclaimer here because I'm a left-handed archer. So probably as he talks about this, as we lefties know, he's uh, Greg. You're right-handed, right?
1: That is correct. So yeah, I'll he's, talk about it from a right-handed guy's perspective. Exactly,
0: and and most people are. So I just wanted to say that before we get started, right, if you're a lefty like me, you're going to have to just mirror this like we always do with everything that we, we watch or see or talk about in archery. Okay, with that, go.
1: Yes. Great point. Glad you brought that up. So let's, let's go back to our saddle setup. We're on a clock. Our butt is facing six o'clock and the tree is at 12 o'clock. So let's start with the strong side. Like I said, I try to set up all of my hunts to where I'm going to take a strong side shot because it's the easiest, the fastest, there's no movement. I can do it really, really well. I have great form. Everything's good about a strong side shot. So that strong side shot goes from about 10 o'clock to about seven o'clock. That's kind of the piece of the pie where it is just money. If they come through from 10 to seven, they're hammered. There's, it's really, really easy. And kind of moving around counterclockwise, then you would move into the drop shot from about seven o'clock to about four or five o'clock, some, something around that area. And that's basically where you spin around and you shoot to the backside, or you, you know call that the drop shot. If you move a little further from about five o'clock to about three or maybe two o'clock on the clock, that is what we call the weak side shot. That is the hardest shot to make in a saddle hunting setup, Uh, but compared to a tree stand where you lose the whole window behind you, uh, in a saddle, you don't lose the window or the weak side. It's just a little bit more difficult to make the shot, but it's completely doable. And I'll talk about how we do it in a moment. And then, you know, moving around to the top shot and that's on the top side of the tree. And that goes from about two o'clock to about 10 o'clock. Now that's all pretty fluid. It's going to change relative how flexible you are. It's going to, there's little things that are going to matter. How big is the tree? If you have a really big tree, it's harder to get around to the top side and make the top shot. If you have a really small tree, it's really easy to spin around the tree and shoot them all from one direction. So there's a lot of variables that go into it, but as a, a high level overview, that's it. The top shot, the strong side, the drop shot and the weak side. In order to make that weak side shot What most people do, what I like to do, is I like to come around clockwise around the tree, and I go from the 9 o'clock position, and I situate myself on top of the tree. So now where I'm basically behind it in the 12 o'clock position, and that lets me shoot to that weak side. Uh, That's how I like to do it. Uh, There's another way you can do it where you can spin around uh, counterclockwise and kind of put your butt against the tree and stand up and shoot like a more like a traditional tree stand guy would shoot. So you can make the shot. You can absolutely be accurate. Matter of fact, the first muley muley buck that I ever shot in Colorado, he came in and I shot him at four o'clock and it was difficult because I wasn't that great at it yet. I hadn't really worked through the process. Um, so I had to kind of figure it out on the fly, but I was able to make the shot and, and I got my first muley buck. So you can absolutely shoot 360 degrees around the tree. If you'll spend 15 minutes in your backyard, uh, or, you know, on a piece of public land, if you don't have any trees in your backyard, go to a piece of public land or go to an archery range and, and find some way to set up at ground level. And for 15 minutes just practice moving around the tree, practice getting into those positions. It will make a huge difference in your confidence level and in the, the, the tactics in your tactics to shoot those shots. So I highly recommend everyone when they get into a saddle, they, they go in and they practice shooting their bow. Now on the flip side, you should be doing that too. If you're a tree, if you're just a traditional tree stand guy, you should be shooting from a tree stand, whether it's a ladder stand, a hang on, whatever, because it's going to change your form a little bit, it's going to, it could possibly change your point of impact. I mean, how often do we hear that, you know, I shot high or low because the angle was weird. So you should be doing those things from a tree stand anyway. I know most archers don't. I was guilty of that for years. I would shoot flat footed on flat terrain and that was all the archery practice I ever did. And then I'd climb a tree and shoot from 25 feet high and my point of impact would change a little bit. Or I was leaning in a weird way to get around a limb or something and that would change my point of impact. And I never practiced that stuff. Now I practice it all the time. I get up in the saddle and I shoot from the saddle and I, and I feel like I'm more confident uh, because I do those practice steps. Um, So it's a big deal. You can absolutely shoot 360 degrees around the tree. And if you'll take your time and practice in the off season or the preseason, then you'll be uh, a much more efficient hunter.
0: Yeah. And, you know, to your point, practice is key and and to practice you don't necessarily need to go 10 or 15 feet up the tree you can literally just get a couple feet off the ground you know just high enough that you're obviously you know hanging in your saddle you can put your platform uh, on the tree and um, you know just throw a couple block targets out there in in the backyard and and go ahead and get comfortable with the maneuvering into those different positions um i know there's a lot of other questions that you get when it comes to shooting out of the tree in terms of people wonder you know is it hard to draw your bow because you're not you know standing and um you know things like that. What are some of the the most common concerns that you hear or questions that you hear about when it comes to drawing, aiming, you know, shooting, following through out of a saddle, and and how do you respond uh, to those?
1: You, it's a great point, and it. It would be dishonest to just talk about the benefits and the advantages and not mention some of the drawbacks. So there definitely are drawbacks, right? Like anything in in life or in hunting, there are pros and cons to every system. And one of the cons is that you can find yourself in an awkward position because you're so mobile and you're able to move around the tree. You could find yourself hanging at a weird angle with your rope crossed up. You get your bow entangled in the ropes, Definitely something that every hunter should realistically think through and how they would handle it. And that's where that's where I always go back to practice. If you set up in the backyard, like you said, six inches off the ground. So you're not in a putting yourself in a dangerous situation. And you 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 move through these positions and you think through and you practice how you would actually make the shot. uh, You can eliminate many of those concerns before you ever head out to the woods and hunt. The other thing uh, that I think is an advantage is, in, in my opinion, you're more stable shooting from a saddle as opposed to a tree stand. Now, if you if you take your shots in a tree stand sitting down, you're really really stable. That's a really solid platform. You have you have three points of contact. You've got your left foot, your right foot, and your butt. You're in full contact, three points of contact at all times, which is very stable and a great way to shoot. Now, conversely, if you stand up and you have to take, let's say, you know, again, you're, let's talk about the right-handed shooter. You're sitting in a tree stand and the deer comes off to your right. That's kind of what I would consider the weak side in a tree stand because you have to stand up and you have to turn your whole body to face the right. Now in that, in that shooting position, you only have two points of contact. You only have your left foot and your right foot. So you're inherently not as stable. And then you're Hopefully keeping the right position by bending in your waist and keeping that good T form that we always talk about as archers. So hopefully you're not doing any kind of weird position, Um, but you do lose a a little bit of that stability when you stand up to take a shot Uh, on the flip side in a saddle. You pretty much always have three points of contact because you always have your hips supported, your your trunk supported in the tree, and then you always have a knee or a foot, you know, both knees or both feet or whatever, in supported by the tree. So you're a little bit more stable, and I think it's also easier to bend at the waist with the saddle because of the way you're not restricted by the seat or anything like that. You, it's so easy to move in my opinion, it's a little bit better. Uh, it's a little bit easier rather to keep good form, but you know, that's, that's just opinion. I'm sure, uh, the tree stand guys could debate me back and forth on that one, but uh, you're at least as accurate from a tree stand or a tree saddle as you are from a tree stand. So it's not a major issue to me. I, like I said, I've been hunting out of these now for a decade, uh, almost exclusively. And I could I could name ten guys that have been hunting out of those out of saddles for even longer than me, and they're killers. And one of the guys I always like to bring up is John Eberhart, who is very well known in the saddle hunting community for shooting all these, you know, record book Michigan bucks, highly pressured public land. And he's hunted out of a saddle since the early nineteen eighties, and he is you know a killer by Pretty much everyone's standards. So, you're not going to lose any accuracy, uh, especially if you get up and you, you take a little bit of time and practice from it. And you might even find that you like it a little bit better, but maybe that's just me.
0: Well, another thing that I wanted to ask you about, and this kind of gets into both shooting and equipment and maybe equipment modification or customization, is. Uh, I'm sure a lot of people ask you about your tether because your tether is coming down to your bridge. And so you've got this rope basically in the center of your body. And depending on exactly where you've, you know, cinched your tether onto the tree, the angle of that rope and where it comes down there to you is going to be either steeper or less steep, you know, depending on exactly where that rope is connected to the tree. But then you've got to potentially get your bow, you know, swung over the top of that rope as you've drawn. Now you're at full draw and you may have to swing a little bit. Um, Talk to me about, you know, if or when that, that can become a bit of a problem as you're uh, getting ready for your shot and how, again, you might address that during those practice sessions because where I'm going with this is I know that a lot of you guys will use um, I think you call them rope men, which is a little device that goes on your tether rope and it allows you to really easily adjust the length of your tether. And, and so maybe each individual saddle hunter needs to play around with that a little bit and find out, you know, where you like to set your tether on the tree and how long you like that rope to be. And then that works best, you know, for your shooting might not be the quite the same way that I would set it up, you know, if I'm kind of doing the same thing.
1: It, yeah it's a great point point. and the tether placement you you hit the nail on the head it's very personal and it's very uh, it can it can it can change depending on the setup so on a bigger tree I'm probably going to put my tether a little bit higher so I have more slack in my system so I can more easily shoot around the top, the top side of the tree or onto the weak side. A smaller tree, I'm probably going to put my tether a little lower on the tree because I can eat more easily, maneuver, and I find a lower tether a little bit more comfortable. As a general rule, when you're setting up your tether and you're, you're learning this in the preseason, I, I like to tell people to start about at your, at your forehead or somewhere on your face. You know, nose height, chin height, forehead height, somewhere right in there is where you're going to attach your tether to the tree and then adjust it for comfort or for usability kind of up or down. There's no wrong way to do it. If you go really high, that's fine if that's the way you like it. If you want to go really low down around your chest, that's fine too. It might make sense to do that in certain hunting scenarios. Now, you brought up a point that I like to address as well about if you're in a weird position and now you've, you're you're dealing with moving your bow, you know, over your bridge or your tethers, getting a getting in the way of the bow. That is a 100 a a true con, something that can go wrong. You absolutely have to address it. However, I always like to point out, even if it's a hard shot it's still a shot I can take in a saddle. In a tree stand, you absolutely, on most trees, lose that shot to the backside of the tree. So that is a a major con to me. If that deer comes in directly behind you and he never comes to your left or right, there is a really strong possibility that you're not gonna be able to make that shot regardless. Now in a saddle, Yeah, I might have to move my bow in a weird position, or I might have to adjust my tether a little bit, but I can get there and I can, I can make that shot, uh, with just a, with just a little bit of setup or a little bit of adjustment to my setup. So Yes, it is a con, but it's also a pro on the flip side because it allows you more versatility. And there are lots of little tips and tricks for adjusting your tether in the tree. You brought out one of my favorite ones, which is the Ropeman. Uh, It's called the Ropeman One. It's made by a company uh, named Wild Country. They are a mountain climbing component. And the the product, it's actually an ascender, or they call it a mechanical prussic, so it can replace your prussic knot, which – can be a pain in the butt to adjust in the tree because those prussic knots, by design, they bite down really tight. Anyone that's ever used one on a lifeline or on a, on a lineman belt, you know that using that prussic knot, while it is incredibly safe, it can be a real pain to adjust. Uh, with the ropeman, pretty much eliminates that. You can make adjustments to your tether height in – you know, seconds. All you do is reach up and grab it and either let out a mo- little slack or move it higher on your tether. It's really, really easy. And that's one of the main benefits that, is, that have come out of this saddle hunting community. We discovered the Ropeman and, and kind of imported it into the saddle hunting world. And there's lots of these little tips and tricks that have come out over the last few years for making us more efficient.
0: Yeah. And another thing, as you were talking about all that, that I remembered that I really wanted to cover was the versatility that you can get out of a saddle in terms of hunting at different heights. Uh, With a tree stand, obviously, you've set that stand. Um, I mean, I suppose you could move the tree stand higher or lower, but you'd literally have to right, take the tree stand off of the tree and then take it to where you want it and reattach it and go through that whole installation process again. Whereas with the saddle, and I know this from talking to Andy May, who's done that article that we'll be publishing here uh, very soon. uh, He talks about the fact that, you know, for various reasons, you know, sometimes it's on public land where it's not legal to trim shooting lanes, right? So he may have a particular area he wants to hunt and there's a good tree there. But when he goes 10, 12 feet up of that tree there's no good shooting lanes because of you know limbs or brush and he's not supposed to cut so what's he going to do he, he can simply come down he's like a lot of times I'll hunt you know six eight feet off the ground sometimes I'll even hunt three or four feet off the ground and I've killed you know this is him not me saying yeah I've killed good bucks at like you know seven yards that were, you know, I was only like five, six feet off the ground and practically point blank range. And they had no idea that I was there because I was behind the tree. And that's again, just some added versatility that you're able to get out of the saddle. And eh, people would probably be surprised to know how low a lot of saddle guys hunt pretty often.
1: Yeah, I I completely agree with you. And Andy May, I'm excited to read his article because Andy May is one of those hunters that when he talks, I listen. That guy, he's not terribly well known in the in the hunter community, but he is a killer. He is, like you said, he's he's one of the guys that that he's on the tethered pro staff and he actually called his shot twice in the 2019 hunting season he's he we we have a, a, a group chat amongst all of our pro staff guys and some of the some of the leaders that tethered and and he had this scenario where this deer came in and he he knew the area where he was gonna be and he said all right guys when there's a i don't remember the exact specific wind but i'll use it as an example he said when there's a north wind i'm gonna go in and i'm gonna shoot this buck at point a or point b and he called them both out on a map and as soon as he had that wind, he, he sent us another message and said, I got the right wind. I'm going to go kill that buck. He went in there and killed it on the first sit. He knew exactly how to do it. He is a killer, and uh, I'm pretty excited to read that article because when he talks, I listen.
0: Yeah, he, uh, he seems like he really knows what he's doing. You know, it's funny. There's another guy who writes for us regularly who I know that you know, and uh, probably a lot of our listeners, a guy named Bo Martonic, a uh, fellow Pennsylvania guy. I think he's hunting out of your saddle as well. But I actually sent an email to Bo, and I said, Bo, I said, do you know anybody that killed a nice buck out of a saddle uh, this past season? And he's like... Andy May killed, I forget what he said, two or three nice bucks out of a saddle this past season. He's like, you want his contact information? I was like, yeah, send it over, dude. And uh, so I made contact with Andy and I I looked at, uh, you know, some of the pictures that he had and the things that he was doing with his saddle. And I was like, yeah, this is definitely a guy that I would like to... Uh, you know, have put a piece together for Peterson's bow hunting because he obviously knows a thing or two about how to get the job done out of a tree saddle.
1: He does, and and to to compound on that, Andy is a guy that hunted out of saddles years and years and years ago, and he never could get could it get it just right, but he has hip problems. And I don't know if he talked about that in the article or not, but he has, he has problems with his hip. He struggles with, I believe it's sciatica. And so it caused him to not be able to sit in a tree stand for very long. And that's what led him down the path of saddle hunting years and years ago. Well, long story short he could he could never get comfortable out, out of what was there and then when i contacted him cuz i'm a big andy may fan when i contacted him and i said hey man we're starting this new thing called tethered can i send you one and you give me your feedback and let me know if it works for you he said sure you know and so i did and he he came back and was like, Greg, this has solved all of my comfort issues. This thing is awesome. And uh, again, I can't wait to listen to what he says because he killed, definitely killed three or four Slammer Bucks this season. And he did it on very few hunts. He's not one of these kind of guys that goes in and he hunts, you know, day after day after day after day. He, he, compounds all of his the benefits in an area and he only strikes when the timing is absolutely perfect and he's incredibly efficient. he'll go into a spot and just shoot a, shoot a deer like on his first sit which anyway not not trying to steal his thunder but uh, big Andy may fan so I'm excited to to read what he wrote.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think it's going to be uh, really interesting. And, you know, why don't we head towards a conclusion with this? Because I think it ties into exactly what you were just saying about Andy. Um, You know, a lot of people, either folks who tried saddle hunting maybe in years past and they saw some of the advantages of it, but maybe the equipment wasn't... um, you know, quite as good as they had hoped, or even in more recent years, there's probably been a lot of very avid bow hunters who have heard about saddle hunting and maybe they've been curious about trying it, but the saddle hunting community has such a reputation that you guys are all, um, like, modifying your equipment or making custom climbing aids or even custom saddles custom platforms custom climbing sticks everything you name it because the saddle hunting community is legendary for that but you know certainly if you want to get that deep into it and you really want to be one of those guys who's You know, doing all that, you can. But I think that the message that people need to understand, and I think this would apply to a lot of people, myself included, is that the latest and greatest saddle hunting equipment that's being offered, you know, right off the shelf, uh, uh, so to speak, is so much better than it used to be and so adequate that you don't have to be a major tinkerer to get into saddle hunting you can get one of the newer saddle models and experience you know that great comfort compared to maybe what they were 20 years ago you can get you know a factory lineman's belt a factory tree tether um you know some factory climbing sticks and have a lot of success with this and you don't have to be you know some super handyman with your own welding shop in the garage
1: absolutely right a hundred percent you you hit the nail on the head back in the day We were all buying stuff on Craigslist and eBay. We were buying old tree stands and hacking them up and making our own little platforms. We were splicing our own ropes and figuring out new climbing methods and doing all this crazy stuff that your average hunter is just not concerned with. But the problem – the problem with that was there was nobody offering this gear – to make it easy for hunters to experience it. It just wasn't, you had to figure it out on your own. And that's when, you know, that's when we kind of, you know, me and a bunch of dudes from the saddle hunting community got together and said, Hey, let's make this stuff available to people. And it'll, it'll make it much easier for people to try it for hunters to try it and to test it out. And they don't have to buy a sewing machine or they don't have to go on gear hunts on Craigslist and eBay. They can just Let us do the hard part for them, and then they can just try it out. And another big, big negative was – there's nowhere to try this stuff out the new stuff right because it's not in stores if you want to try a tree stand out you can go to pretty much any sporting goods store in America and try it out if you want uh, if you want to learn about elevated hunting you probably have an uncle or a grandfather or a dad or a friend or somebody in the hunting community that can teach you how to do it it's not that way with saddle hunting it just it just didn't exist we're not in any stores uh, the only way to the only way to test it in in the past had been to buy something or make something and try it out. Or maybe, maybe if you're lucky and you knew somebody that had one, but this, the numbers of saddle hunters are so small compared to the greater hunting community is very slim, uh, that that was actually a thing. But one of the things we're trying to do, um, is to, is to teach people about how to use it. So we're, we're doing tours all over the country. They're free. We're not selling anything. You can't go there and buy your full setup, but it's called the teach and train tour. And we're basically, basically partnering with hunters all around the country some some of them are tethered guys they're associated with us but then others of them are just normal dudes that just want to teach people about um about saddle hunting and it's a pretty cool thing that you can do go to one of these events you can test all the gear, you can try it out. You can have someone there that understands how the system works, can teach you how to do it, show you the pros and cons, let you try everything out. And then if you want to get into it, you can. There are, there are ways you can order that stuff online. But the purpose of the tour is really just to educate hunters about what's out there and let them try the setup before they have to buy it.
0: Yeah, and so if you're interested in that and uh, you want to check one of those out, the easiest way to get all the information is to visit the Tethered website. And Tethered is spelled a little bit uh, unusually. So for those of you who aren't familiar, I'm just going to tell you now, it's T-E-T-H-R-D. And the, the website is T-E-T-H-R-D Nation. So tetherednation.com. You can get information about the 2020 uh, Teach and Train Tour there and uh, get yourself registered for one of the events. Uh, there's quite a few of them uh, all over the country. Uh, obviously, you can see what's latest and greatest on Tethered's product lines and I know they've got some links to uh, instructional videos too I actually want to give a shout out Greg to uh, one of my colleagues here uh, from over at our uh, sister publication, Bowhunter Magazine and Bowhunter TV, uh, Mike Carney, who's one of the co-hosts over there, he wrote uh, a big piece on saddles last year as well, and he produced a really nice video. It's about 17 minutes long, and for anybody who's listening to the show today, and you've heard us talking and you're trying to picture all these things in your mind and you really wanna see a good comprehensive overview of saddle equipment and how to use it getting up and down the tree, Uh, I would highly recommend checking that out on YouTube. If you just search Bowhunter TV saddle hunting, it'll come right up. Check out that video and I know that Greg, you guys have a bunch of videos out there as well And there's really, uh, as you alluded to at the beginning of this episode, there's really a wealth of interactive uh, content out there for folks who want to get themselves more educated on how to use saddle hunting equipment.
1: Absolutely, you 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 hit the nail on the head again. I mean, Mike's video was awesome. It really explains in detail how a lot of hunters are getting up the tree. There is content at the Tethered uh, YouTube channel. I have a bunch of content on my own personal YouTube channel. It's called G Two Outdoors. There's a bunch of content on the DIY Sportsman's uh, channel. Lots of things about how you can you know practice in the saddle and what what all the different terms mean. So if you just looked at those three or four resources just just the ones that we mentioned on this podcast. you are going to have a really good head start on getting into a saddle and then you can go down the rabbit hole as deep as you want to go. There is a, you could learn to hunt out of toothpicks and dental floss if you want. but if you just want to get the basics, those are some great resources. Um, and then another great resource is the saddlehunter.com forum and the saddle hunter facebook group um lots and lots of people that are willing to help and exp- and explain the process and answer your questions and give you tips and advice and strategies so there's no reason not to learn about this stuff now with uh, with as much content as there is out there and as many people that are willing to help you learn there's just no excuse for not for not digging in and figuring it out and then you know then you make your own decision on whether or not you see the benefits and the advantages or whether uh you're 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 happy with your system and if you are that's great but if you would like to save some weight and bulk maybe add a little versatility then the saddle hunting setup might be a good tool to add to your toolkit
0: absolutely and as the old saying goes greg don't knock it till you try
1: it Oh, I love it. There's so many. If I had a dollar for every time, you know, I kind of referenced this at the beginning about the guy that stands there at the, at the front of the trade show and his arms crossed and he's sour. If I had a dollar for everybody that said that can't be comfortable, there's no way that will actually work. And then ended up converting. I'd, I'd be doing all right.
0: Yeah, for sure. And, you know, it's hard to believe, uh, you know, we're, we're a little bit over an hour here and we, we definitely, I feel like we provided a really good meaty overview of saddle hunting. And yet at the same time, as you just said a minute ago, you know, we could go down the rabbit hole a long, long, long way from here. And we've just scratched the surface of what there is to discuss when it comes to saddle hunting. So that just means that we'll have to have you back on the show uh, sometime in the future to dive a little bit deeper into this subject now that we've helped folks hopefully get a little bit more educated. And, and you know, I hope that I've inspired and you've inspired a few people who, like me, are, are really looking forward to getting out and doing some hunting from a saddle this year and just having some firsthand experience uh, about, you know, what it's like.
1: Excellent. Uh, I really appreciate the opportunity to come on and talk for a little bit about about bow hunting. I mean, that's like my favorite thing in the world to do. I'm a long time uh, Peterson's bow hunting subscriber and reader, so it's it's pretty cool for me to have this opportunity. So thanks for giving me the chance, Christian.
0: Well, you got it, and I think I'll leave you, since you gave us a lot of good information today, I'm going to leave you with a good piece of information for you and all of our listeners. Wash your hands. (laughs) (laughs) All right, buddy. Wash your hands. Wash your hands. Stay safe. Stay healthy. And we'll talk again really soon. Excellent. Thank you for listening to Peterson's Bowhunting Radio, the official podcast of hardcore bow hunters. Pick up the latest issue of Peterson's Bowhunting on your local newsstand or check us out on the web at bowhuntingmag.com.